Welcome to the Offshore Accountant Podcast. I'm Nick Sinclair and this is the go-to podcast if you're an accountant and looking to set up and build a high-performing offshore team for your accounting firm. Here you can learn how to complement your local efforts, grow capacity and deliver more to clients than ever before. Hear from experts who have done it already. Let's go. Today, I interviewed Les Searle, Business Manager for Careful Books for the Offshore Accountant Podcast. Les has some refreshing reminders on how you need to focus on just doing it to get great client outcomes. For some great practical insights, make sure you tune into this episode. I'm Les Searle, Business Manager at Careful Books, your business growth partner, and you're listening to the Offshore Accountant Podcast. Thanks, Les, for your time today um, to share your insights into building an offshore team. Give us a little bit of an overview of Careful Books, um, your team structure locally, offshore, um, and your role within the business. Yes, well, the uh, the staff at Careful Books consists of the managing director, Judith, and uh, she's operated the business for about uh, more than 26 years. Uh, myself as the business manager, and I've been with the business for 10 years. Uh, Lindsay is our senior bookkeeper, and she's been with the business three and a half years, initially here in Cairns, but for the last 12 months, she's been in Edinburgh in Scotland, and uh, she moved back to Scotland for family reasons. We also have Roselle and Blessy at TOA uh, at Clark in the Philippines, and Roselle has been with us for about eight months, and Blessy since early January this year. Excellent. So you truly are running a distributed global workforce, which is is fantastic, Les. Now, Les, tell us a little bit more about your business. Where do you focus um, your business and do you have a niche that you focus on? Uh, Yeah, we do. Uh, We're actually moving our business from compliance. Uh, We've previously been um, concentrating on bookkeeping and BAST and all the compliance stuff, but we're moving our business to more value-added uh, areas such as um, uh, management reporting and uh, price consulting and uh, becoming more of a business advisor. Uh, our tagline is your business growth partner. Excellent. Love it. And seeing a lot more accounting firms obviously moving this way. I'm assuming, are you still going to be doing the compliance work? You're not giving that up. You're just refocusing where the revenue mix is for the business? Oh, yes. We're not giving the compliance up. Um, although we can see that that's going to uh, become less and less uh, with automation and uh, uh, artificial intelligence and so on. But um, no, we're just expanding the business into these more value-added areas. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about your story of setting up your offshore team. What were your motivations behind um, setting up a global workforce and a team overseas, obviously, in the Philippines? So tell us a little bit about your journey um, and your motivations behind doing it. Our main motivation was to improve our client's service, but to do it cost effectively. We were looking for high quality bookkeepers to work within our business systems. And we were having trouble here in Cairns. It's a fairly small rural area, so um, the talent pool is a little bit limited and uh, outsourcing was actually recommended to us by our business advisors. 
Excellent. So what was the process you took um, to getting an offshore team set up? Obviously, it's a journey. Um, how long did it take? How did you how did you find us? Um, and what was the process? Just tell us a little bit about the process. You know, it was a bit of a process. Um, our primary concern with going offshore was security. And so we, um, through our business advisors, through um, bookkeeping professional associations and so on, uh, we, we sourced out uh, different people who could um, supply the services that we were looking for. And particularly, we spent a lot of time making sure that uh, the security was going to be there. And uh, the journey was about three months before, um, just what we needed in terms of security and in terms of um, a good talent pool. Yeah, excellent. So for someone looking to set up an offshore team, what, what advice would you give them to move to help them along with the process to make it as fast and as efficient as possible within their firm? Are there any critical things that you would spend time on if you were to do it again? Yeah, the big thing we found was training. Invest in training. Uh, we find that we spend the first two or three weeks on training and there's absolutely no productivity from the staff during that time. It's, it's a purely an investment that we put into the staff. Uh, we spend time, well, first off, they do training on TOA systems, and then we make sure that they understand the accounting software that uh, they're going to be using, so there's training on that. And then we have a highly systemized um, process within our own uh, business, so we have to then train them in all the careful books business systems. And we found that um, if we invest that time up front, then uh, they quickly become productive. We find that um, uh, the girls that we've got over in the Philippines, uh, they do learn quickly. Uh, we also set up daily Zoom sessions and we found that the session is left open all day so the staff can quickly uh, just call up for assistance uh, as required. And we find that it's just like having them in the office. Um, they, they can just ask a question when, when they need to and uh, and we, it, it's a really good way of building up a, a relationship with the staff. You know, that's great advice. And, and one thing that we really press with um, any accounting firm we're talking to is that, you know, offshoring is a long-term strategic decision. It's not a short-term capacity fix. Um, and, and you're right, you spend the time at the front doing the training, they do quickly become productive and it is it is able to scale the team. Um, but if you don't focus that time at the start of the process, then, you know, it's going to take a lot longer to obviously get them up and running and be productive. So, Les, if we had a word or a phrase to describe the value that your offshore team provides to your firm, what would it be? A quality client service. Do you want to just expand a little bit on that? What what does quality client service mean and how's your offshore team been able to enable that within your firm? As I said, we have a very highly detailed uh, process. It's all, all documented. And if you follow the process, then you get a good result. If you don't follow the process, then there's all sorts of bushfires to be put out. And we're finding that um, our girls in the Philippines are following the process we're having less bushfires to put out. Client gets their stuff on time and it's correct. And uh, so it's just building up our relationship with our clients so that they have confidence that we can do the job. Yeah, excellent. So there's a lot of obviously perceptions about offshoring. Um, what are the main things that you have heard and what surprised you the most with, with having an offshore team now up and running? Well, we were told that outsourced staff um, it were good for low-value work. You just, you know, employ them and they, 
they, they just do the work and, and, have, and you don't have to do too much. Um, also told that Asian staff are quiet and retiring. We, we found both of these uh, not to be the case. Um, the girls interact, they're able to have a joke with you and they will tell you when they don't understand something. I guess we have worked quite hard to build relationships, uh, particularly through these daily Zoom sessions. And, and we, we find that they're very responsive, they show initiative, they're, they're great to work with. And I agree. And look, where we see um, firms that really succeed with having a global distributed workforce is around building that relationship. They're just another team member. They're just sitting in another office in another country. Um, and we're seeing as, as accounting firms grow and grow, I mean, you've got someone obviously from your Australian team that was in Cairns now living overseas. Um, if you build that relationship, it just makes it so much easier to run as one team as opposed to treating it as, you know, just an offshore provider where you send work and they send it back because that's the opposite of what it actually is. So, Les, the year ahead, tell us what, what's your plan with your offshore team? Obviously, you've got um, the girls up and running. How do you plan to keep growing your team, their capacity um, and their performance? At this stage, we would really like to have one of our staff uh, expert in payroll and so we'd really like to um, train up uh, one of them so that they're the payroll expert in the firm. We already have one of the girls who's uh, very good in uh, uh, QuickBooks Online, but we need someone that is expert in Xero. And we'd also like to develop uh, one of them into a social media expert that can uh, assist us with our promotion and marketing. So we do have plans to um, provide them the necessary uh, training and support to bring them up to a level where, where they can advise other staff uh, in those particular areas. And um, as our firm grows, uh, then we, we'll add more, more people uh, onto staff. But it's, that's one thing that's dependent on, uh, on us uh, actually growing the size of our business. Wonderful. So recommendations for our listeners. What are some of the top things that you would recommend in managing an offshore team? Don't treat the staff any different, the offshore staff any differently to any other staff. Uh, don't expect them to know everything. Uh, take the time to explain, uh, particularly uh, the Australian tax system and um, uh, GST and all the things that go with that. And then don't just give them work and expect it to be done. Actually, um, give them work, um, ex explain what's required, uh, point them in the right direction and be there to assist them when they need it. Yeah, brilliant advice. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about metrics. What KPIs do you use to measure the success of your offshore team? We haven't actually developed any formal KPIs yet um, because uh, it's been less than 12 months since we've had an offshore team, so we're still in the early stages really. Uh, but what we do monitor is their productivity against standard times for each uh, type of work. So. Uh, we, we have a, a benchmark for how long it should take you to, to do a bass um, and things like that. And uh, we monitor how long they take as against the standard. And we also monitor the time spent in redoing work. So um, how many mistakes they make uh, that require to be redone, um, which is an indicator of um, you know, a lack of understanding uh, in, in that area. So. Um, uh, we, will, we will be developing uh, more formal KPIs, but at this stage, we just monitor uh, the standards that we've developed. Excellent. So how has offshoring benefited your clients directly? Well, the work's been performed with less errors and in a timely manner. 
and so they're getting their their stuff um, when it when it's required. Okay, excellent. And how has offshoring contributed to giving um, the people that work in your practice more time personally? Um, has it given more work life balance to um, both you um, and everyone else in the business? Uh, yeah, well, there's uh, been a noticeable reduction in the stress over deadlines, uh, that we can uh, meet our deadlines uh, more easily. And we actually have more time in the business, uh, Judith and I, to do business development and promotion. Yeah, which is fantastic. I mean, we see so many accounting firms, you know, they cheer when the deadlines are extended by the ATO or different government departments. And, and we just see that as, you know, it's really a capacity issue that so many firms have. So if your team have less stress, they're generally more happy, they're more excited to come to work, which certainly sounds like it's happening with you. Um, so has offshoring had an effect on your profit to the firm? Um, it's not a reason to do offshoring, but we do see a lot of our clients having some real positives in this area. How has it affected your firm? Uh, yeah, profitability has, has noticeably improved um, since we've um, had an offshore team. So yes, it's, it's had a, a very positive effect. Which is great because you are only into the journey. Um, you're only obviously 12 months in um, and obviously as the staff become more and more competent and more um, skilled in your systems and processes, you know, we just see that that does drastically increase in the amount of time you have the staff offshore. Profitability um, correlates to that quite well. So Les, we're gonna ask a few personal questions now. What one bit of advice would you give your younger self from a business um, point of view, Les? Uh, just do it. Don't procrastinate, don't think too much about it. Just get on and do it. Love it. And one bit of advice that you'd give your younger self from a personal side of um, view. Uh, don't quit now. I think too often in the past, I've had a tendency to quit just before the payoff. So hang on and it's often worth it. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So we see so many small businesses, particularly um, in Australia, they, you know, they get up and running and then they just quit just before the business takes off. So love that from both a personal and a business point of view. What's the, Les, what's the biggest myth or objection you've heard about having an offshore team and is it true? Uh, the, I think the biggest myth is that Asians uh, always agree even if they don't understand. We found this not to be true, uh, the staff that we've got. But again, I think that's down a lot to the training and the relationship building that we've been able to do in the early stages. Yeah, look, couldn't agree more. Um, it, is a, it is one of those myths that is raised. Um, but once you build that relationship, it's it's so strong. I mean, Les, I can tell you a lot of stories about my relationship with um, Ethel, my EA that's based in the Philippines. She's been with me for over four and a half years now. And um, there is certainly um, no backwards with her. She tells me exactly how it is and what I need to do. And um, it's the big, I suppose, learning from this is exactly what you said. It's all about relationship. Once you build that relationship, you build that trust, you build that integrity, um, then the relationship really is no different. So some, for someone looking to grow their business, um, what would be the best piece of advice that you've heard or implemented that you would pass on to other business owners? I think the biggest learning we've had is invest time in training. It, it, it's, at the time, it seems um, like it's a costly exercise because you're spending all this time in training and there's no productivity coming out, but uh, it pays off and you don't have to wait too long for it to pay off either. Couldn't agree more, love it. Now, Les, we're gonna to go to a quick five questions. So what cloud software does your firm use? 
Uh, we use Intuit QuickBooks Online and we also use Xero. Wonderful. What's your favourite app? Uh, my favourite is Float. That's a uh, cash flow prediction program and it's, it's magic. Excellent. What is your must read each week? Uh, Mark Wickersham, he's a, a, an accountant uh, in the UK that has a, a mentoring program and, uh, and he's helped me enormously. Excellent. Your favourite social media channel? Uh, Facebook, because um, the groups that I'm in, the closed groups that I'm in, uh, are all on Facebook. Excellent. And your favourite KPI? Uh, cash flow forecasting. I reckon it's, uh, it shows you, whether you, whether you which way you're going, up or down. Couldn't agree more. Les, thank you so much for your time today. If any of our listeners want to reach out or get in contact with you or follow you on social media, what's the best way for them to be able to do this? They can either follow me on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Excellent. And we'll put the links in the show notes for our listeners to be able to click through. Les, as always, thank you for your time today. Really appreciate it. To follow our podcast and get insights from leading accountants, simply visit theoutsourcedaccountant.com or visit iTunes or SourCloud and head to the Offshore Accountant Podcast. To connect with me personally, just look for my Twitter handle at Nick Q Sinclair or find me on LinkedIn at Nick Sinclair. Thanks and have a great day.